Friends, once again, my name is Mitchell Boone. I'm the pastor here at White Rock. We are delighted that you're joining us, worshiping with us online, participating in this space. Phil uh, has said this often, um, that although we can't share the same physical space, we are sharing this sacred and holy thing of time. And what a gift it is to set aside some time on Sunday morning to gather, to worship together in this capacity. I hope that this uh, worship service brings you a bit of peace in the midst of all that is going on. We just ended a worship series entitled Being White Rock. We looked at the fundamentals of our church and how we become beloved community for our area of East Dallas. You can find that worship series. It's archived. I kind of want to give you also a heads up on where we're headed. Next week, we'll talk about rest and what it looks like for us to find sacred and holy rest as we have a Labor Day weekend and kind of get ourselves mentally, spiritually, even physically prepared to move into a chaotic fall. Uh, on September 13th, our good friend Reverend Justin Hancock will be preaching and we'll be having a conversation around disability theology as he shares with us his ministry, the Julian Way, and the ways that they are working with diverse embodiments to bring about God's reign and kingdom here on earth. You will want to tune in for that. And today is indeed Back to School Sunday. For the past several years, we've focused in on what it means to transition into a school year, knowing full well that we never stop being students and teachers and learners. And so uh, as we kind of mark this uh, change in season and the calendar turning pages, we like to have a Sunday where we can bless and, and teachers and students, and we can also know that, um, that we're praying for one another as we enter in to this season. And while we technically go back to school in nine days, at least here in DISD, I think we are all pondering what that actually means for us, for our teachers, for our students, our educators. If ever there was a school year uh, to say a prayer and to receive a blessing, right, it would be this one. And so, if you are a teacher, or on staff at a school, if you are an administrator, if you are a student or a parent of a student, I want you to hear this before you hear anything else. We are indeed praying for you. Our church remains committed to supporting you all however we can, and I hope that you know that. And if you don't, I hope that you come to know that soon. It is important for churches to be invested in the challenging and changing, life-giving space of education. It is important for our churches to support teachers, and it is important for our churches, specifically this church, to show up in the midst of this challenging school year. A challenging year, the most, probably the most challenging year to date. White Rock United Methodist Church is prepared to help you your kids, and our schools weather this storm. A storm even the most experienced classroom managers and seasoned principals recognize as tumultuous and unprecedented. And the disciples, they too knew this feeling of tumultuous storms. 
their ministry, their willingness to follow Jesus didn't uh, deliver them from hardship, did not always provide them shelter. Rather, it brought them into the eye of the storm. And so our text this morning is found in Mark, the fourth chapter, and I'll be reading verses 35 through 41. I want you to hear this story, and I want you to begin trusting these words. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took with them in the boat, just as he was, and there were other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? He woke up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He then said to them, why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe and said to one another, who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth, the meditations of our anxious heart, be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer, the one who shows up, who's already present, even though it may seem like you are asleep in the midst of a storm. Help us to trust that you are a God who will indeed wake up. Amen. So two nights ago, um, Eli and I finally, finally got to watch El Camino on Netflix. El Camino is uh, this beautiful movie that was released last October. It is a fantastic epilogue to the TV series Breaking Bad. And this stay-at-home date night that was accompanied by uh, Skittles and a bowl of ice cream was really the culmination of me re-watching, and for the first time, Eli watching uh, the entire series of Breaking Bad, which served as an introduction for Eli to what I believe to be the greatest TV show ever created. And we spent a lot of time immersed in Vince Gilligan's world, a world filled with well-developed characters, uh, beautiful scenery and settings, and a haunting critique of the human condition. And I would love to tell you that Eli loved it, but she didn't. Um, but our binge-watching of that, of that show provided us an escape. Right, And for three hours every night uh, this summer, after we put our son Cash to bed, we escaped into a different world. And that, my friends, that's the power of story, especially a great story. And Breaking Bad was for us an escape from the real story that continues to unfold in our country. Yesterday in Dallas County, we passed the grim mark of 900 deaths in our county. More than 12,000 people have died in the state of Texas from COVID-19. More than 183,000 Americans 
have succumbed to this virus. And more than 828,000 people worldwide have lost their lives because of COVID-19. This pandemic has disrupted every major facet of our lives and in this twisted and cruel way has taken from us the things that give us strength in the midst of our hardships, in-person worship, seeing family, dinner parties, traveling, right? We are pinned in, and there is not much to distract us. And in this season of a pandemic, a righteous anger has ignited in our streets, illuminating this generational sins of racism that we have foolishly lived with uh, by thinking that they are but history. Our racist ways are once again on display. And as much privilege as I have, I'm being pressed to examine my own racism, my own complicit life and actions that contribute to the racist structures and systems that our siblings experience. Sure, I can escape for a few hours into Vince Gilligan's world, and in doing so, in tuning out and forgetting with Netflix and Amazon purchases, uh, that is, I think, by definition, the height of privilege that's not afforded to our BIPOC siblings, siblings whose skin color doesn't fade like my attention. But... What we are experiencing, it feels different. It feels different when we acknowledge that there is indeed a pandemic that continues to move through our communities and country and world with such force that everything remains up in the air. It feels different acknowledging that that pandemic exists and that there is a day of racial reckoning and we are unable to navigate away from this tension. So, we lean in, and we examine our current reality. Whether that examination is through the news or the daily paper or conversations with family through screens that are glaring back into our faces or through front yards with reconnected neighbors. We are living in tumultuous and an uncertain reality, and there is no escaping that. And in the midst of this, the fairest question, the most honest of prayers, look like that of the disciples in the boat. Teacher, Lord, do you not care that we are perishing? God, why have you not done something yet? God, have you indeed abandoned us? God seems absent in our current story. What's hard is this story serves as a larger narrative to other things that are already and ongoing in our lives, right? Over the past six months here in our church, you have had things in your lives, things you desired and things that have caused much pain happen as a pandemic and racial tensions rise as serving as the backdrop. We have buried loved ones. We've endured the death of our parents. We have welcomed new babies. We've gotten sober. We finalized divorces. We've reinvested in our marriages. We've lost jobs. We've found new friends. As this pandemic rages on, 
we recognize that things have been unfolding, things that make us happy, and other events that make us miserable. And the challenge for us is to know and to really begin to trust that God is indeed present in all of it. God isn't just active in the things that make us happy. God's loving of us, God caring about us, doesn't always look like God doing for us all the things we think God should do. Sometimes God's faithfulness unfolds like a better story, a story we don't fully comprehend, a story that is bigger than the desires we have for things to just simply work out to return to normal. And as we wrestle with this tension and this truth, we begin to ask ourselves, what keeps us from finding the peace in the midst of this storm? Friends, it's no doubt that what causes us from experiencing this peace is indeed fear. Because at the end of the day, if I'm really honest with myself, I work hard for the story of my life to unfold a certain way, right? I seek the right cast and the right props, the right setting, and I really pay attention to the right storyline, all in hopes to try and mitigate my own fear, and yet my fear continues to return day after day. And it's what the disciples experienced on that boat. Never mind the fact that there were experienced fishermen in their midst. After a day of teaching, Jesus and his disciples left with some other boats to get away. Of course, there was a great storm. And of course, they were afraid. And Jesus seems to be completely and utterly useless. So absent from their plight that he's taking a nap on the stern of the boat. And so beside themselves, so trapped by this fear and anxious about the next moments that are going to unfold, they wake Jesus up and they say, Hey, Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing here? Don't you care that the boat is taking on water? Don't you care that we are all about to die? And Jesus pops up. Like that person, that consummate morning person that just pops up out of bed, ready to greet the day. Jesus just pops up and says, peace, be still. And the storm ceases. The sea becomes calm. The clouds, they dissipate. And Jesus turns to the disciples and asks that question, why are you afraid? It's an eternally valid question. I don't know, Jesus. Maybe we're afraid because the boat was about to sink. I don't know, Jesus. Maybe we are afraid because there is a pandemic that seems to be destroying the world. I don't know, Jesus. Why am I afraid? Maybe it be because it seems like our racism is finally catching up to us. Why am I afraid, Jesus? I don't know. There are double hurricanes in the Gulf. There's wildfires that can't be controlled. There's contentious and seemingly fragile elections on the horizon. I don't know, Jesus. It seems pretty dire out there. What do you mean, Jesus? Why are we scared? It's this question 
that challenges for me the incarnation. Like, are you even here, Jesus? Are you even embodied? Do you even experience what is happening in the world? Do you even understand how? Do you even care? The disciples end up, though, in awe of Jesus' power. But for a moment, it's that type of moment where seconds feel like hours, they, like us, are freaking out. And I know, friends, I know that there is another storm brewing as schools struggle with reopening. For parents, we know you are consumed with making the perfect decision, all while knowing in the back of your head that there is not a perfect decision to be made. And for teachers and staff, we hear you. Even though it may seem like the world does not hear you, we hear you and your cries and your disappointment and the feeling like you're all alone, screaming out for help without much success. And for administrators, we know you are put in an impossible position, one that feels a lot like a tightrope that is slowly losing its hold. And for our students, we know, we know how strange this is for you. It seems unfair because, well, it's unfair. And we know how hard this is going to be for you. And yet, I, as a person of faith, am invited into a bigger story. And while I hate not knowing and not getting to choose my own ending, I recognize that God's story is still unfolding in our midst. And there are days and there are moments where I catch a glimpse of God doing incredible things in our midst. And most of the time, it's because of you all that I see this glimpse of God's action in the world. It's because of you all I continue to find a God who is indeed wide awake through conversations and emails, through your actions of love and determination. I have indeed seen God. I don't know when the storm will end. I, like you, can't promise blue skies are just around the corner. We are not promised a life of easy sailing. In fact, the disciples find themselves in a storm just two chapters later. Two chapters later, the disciples are caught up in another storm, in one which Jesus shows up by walking on water, and guess what? That scares them too. I can't promise God is going to intervene in the ways that we want. But I'm learning day by day to trust that God is indeed in the boat with us. And like a storm-beaten fleet, we are tethered together. So to those who have fear for what this year will bring, I want you to know that White Rock United Methodist Church is in the boat with you, working to wake up God alongside you and helping to show you how God is already acting in the world. May our honest and real fear be transformed into a life that is giving and selfless. A life where our faith, our faith can indeed be the one thing that buoys us 
in this water. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.